With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It's Saturday night, Atlanta United and Philadelphia Union, tied 2-2 here at beautiful Talent and Energy Stadium. I'm talking with Jonathan Tannenwald, who's been with the Philadelphia Inquirer for almost 11 years. Excellent soccer reporter. You can follow him on Twitter, at The Goalkeeper. Jonathan, what did you make of tonight's game? First of all, it's great to be with you. I've known you since you were covering college basketball back in the day, which is what, <laughs> I, what I do sometimes in the soccer offseason. So I, I was... I've covered the Union since their inception. I've seen a lot of really disheartening results, and this was, for them, one of the most gut-wrenching. They, okay. they, they were up a man for, or sort of down a man for, you know, 40-plus minutes. Right. They, they did everything right, made all the right substitutions, were defending valiantly, and it all fell apart in second-half stoppage time because Andre Blake... You know, punched a clearance into a crowd of people, and Tyrone Mears happened to get the ball and loop it over everybody. It was a really a bizarre play. It yeah. started with Mears crossing the ball from the right to the left, and Greg Garza alertly ran onto it. It, it looked like it gone out of bounds. Everybody it looked like in the Mears had shanked the ball it. Went out. Yeah. yeah, it looked like Mears had shanked it, but Garza caught up to it, was able to put it back across the goal where Blake punched it out. But it went right to Mears, who headed it back. He said he wasn't trying to shoot it necessarily. He was just trying to put it back toward the goal, and it went in. The ironic thing about Garza catching up to that ball is, if you'll remember, on Wednesday at D.C. United, the ball that led to D.C. United's first goal should have gone out of bounds. The angle of the shot, the angle of, the, of Brad Guzan's deflection, the ball should have gone out of bounds, and it stayed inbounds, and that resulted in a goal. So I guess it's a little bit of karma, good karma for Atlanta United this time. I'm shaking my head, which is bad for radio because nobody can see it. (laughs) The Union have had so much bad karma forever and a day Mm -hmm. that a lot of folks up here don't know what good karma looks like. And you you all can probably tell by my accent that I'm not a Philly (laughs) native. But uh, I I grew up in D.C., watching D.C. United, in fact, for a long time. Uh, Look, I've been impressed from the get-go by Atlanta as a team, as an organization. I'm sure a lot of your, your readers and listeners know that. They've read some of my work in the last few mm-hmm. days. I wrote a very complimentary column mm-hmm. on what they've done for the Saturday paper. And, you know, obviously not everything is clicking right now. Right. And I don't know quite what the missing piece is. Um, I'm inclined to think that Al- Almiron is would be at the center of the conversation for me in some form. 
the ball's not getting to him maybe as much as it should. Right. Whether that is the fault of the guys behind him, the fault of the guys at the sides of him, I'm not sure. But something isn't quite there. I did not expect Atlanta to get run over in the way they did in the first half hour right. or so by a Philadelphia Union team that is of grossly inferior talent and to the point where even Jim Curtin, the Union manager, has acknowledged in recent days that they flat out are not good enough to run with Atlanta and Toronto and teams like that. But they ran with them tonight and they had the three points and it would have been a monster three points. But at this, you know, now you know, they're, they're – Let's see here. They are five points. They're in eighth, which is to their credit, but with fewer points per game than Orlando and New England. Right. Atlanta and Montreal are tied on 36 points and a point and a half per game, and both have 24 games played, which is three fewer than the Union. I can't see Philly overcoming that in either case. Montreal plays Toronto tomorrow in a huge That's game. A monster game. For I Atlanta love that and the impact. I love that rivalry. I'm glad it's on ESPN. I know that sometimes people are going to say, oh, it's two Canadian teams. What do you care? But they are at each other's throats all the time. It's great drama, and there's a lot of good players on both of those teams. Yeah, it's good soccer. I mean, if you haven't watched Montreal, I've been high on Montreal and high on Columbus all season. Always couldn't figure out what was going wrong with them, but they're both putting together right now. Columbus won tonight. They beat Dallas. I would not be surprised to see Montreal beat Toronto tomorrow. Montreal, I think, has won four consecutive or four out of five, something yeah. like that. Uh, but they're really rolling. Whereas Atlanta United is, is really yeah. scrapping out results right now. Four out of the past five games, the team has scored late to either get a draw or a tie. I'm with Jonathan. Something's not quite right with Almiron. He's not getting the ball in, in positions on the field where he can do something with it. And when he does get it, he's isolated. Um, Viaba is really, really struggling, in my opinion, especially defensively. A mistake he made tonight led to the first goal. He made a mistake against D.C. United that led to a goal. And there's been mistakes earlier in the season. I asked Martino after the game if there was going to be some accountability for that, and he said he needed to go back and watch the film because he wasn't quite sure what the mistake was. Um, so I'm looking at, at – uh... At Atlanta's results since, I guess, since they've come back from the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. A one-time thing win at Orlando. Mm-hmm. A 1-1 tie, another 1-1 tie, a one nothing loss, and a 2-2 tie. Mm-hmm. So there's one loss in there. Right. And all but the one game against Orlando, the one game against Orlando been on the road. Right. Sometimes that's what you got to do in this league. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you get home as they will to Mercedes-Benz Stadium on September 10th. They got one, two, three, four, five, six. Six straight home games. Right. And that's, you know, obviously what's going to be the most telling. It's where they're going to make up a lot of that gap of three games in hand that they have. And they're winnable games. Yeah, Dallas they, they only have two well. teams that are in the playoffs yeah. right now in the, in the final. Dallas is playing well. New England is what it is. Orlando is... You know, lost again throw it, tonight. Throw it as as you and I would say in basketball season. Throw it up in the air and see what happens. Yeah, L. A. is in bad shape. Vancouver beat Orlando tonight, yeah. by the way. Montreal, I, I don't think will will win in Atlanta, but will play with a lot of effort and energy. They always do. And then Philly goes down there on September twenty seventh. By which time, surely they're yeah all the way out of the picture. So you know, there's time. 
if 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 I'm look I'm looking at the standings now, and if you're going to ask me to make a guess as to which team is going to be out of it, I mean, look, Columbus is sitting in third place with 42 points, but 28 games played and the same points per game as Atlanta and Montreal. Right. They've got talent, and I'll admit that almost every year I assume they're going to be the odd team out. Maybe this time they won't be. I, you know, two of Columbus, Atlanta, and Montreal will make it. I think, and we'll know, you know, in time which two those are. Yep, Columbus and Montreal. I mean, Atlanta United had at one point like a ninety percent chance of making the playoffs, but now with those two teams kind of rolling and Atlanta United having to scrap out points, uh, I'm gonna be curious to see what some of the websites say. The home advantage that you would expect Atlanta United is going to have, I'm not 100% certain no it's going to be there. I have no a, idea. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And it's the, a new the turf, stadium. And the turf is the reason why. I don't, I don't, well, the turf is a factor for me, but it's just also there's a comfort level. And they've only trained in it one time. Right. Uh, now, they train on the same turf, same dimensions. They have it at the facility in Marietta. Yeah. So the space and everything, they should be used to. But it's still just a brand new place. Yeah. And it is going to be yeah. unbelievably loud. I am really curious to see yeah. no, I think with the roof closed. And sure. <laughs> if they can get it's it open gonna, someday. It's going to be closed <laughs> for a while. Um, but, yeah, something's quite not right Quite not right with Atlanta United. You can see it on Gerardo Martino's face after the game tonight. Um he says they need to be better in the final third. They like to play wide. They like yeah. to get the fullbacks up the field and bring yeah. Viaba and Assad in. But right now, there's just not a lot of combination passing. You just don't see it. And and part of that, to the other team's credit, is they are packing in the middle of the field yes. and cutting out all those angles and cutting out the seams and forcing Atlanta United to put the crosses in. Joseph Martinez is a heck of a jumper, but he's only 5'8". Yeah. Kenwin Jones needs to get back. I don't know why Martino didn't put in Brandon Vasquez tonight. Obviously, the subs worked, but Vasquez seemed like an obvious sub to me because he is a very, very good header of the ball. But anyway, that's how it goes. I, you know, well, <laughs> the subs worked because Mir scored, but I was surprised. Yeah, I was stunned that yeah. Martino didn't try to go for it a little more. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's good for him, I think, and you know. He's, we all know he's managed everywhere he can possibly manage. Mm-hmm. But it's always good for, for a coach to, uh, to uh, have, you know, to, to, to have experiences like this where you have to grind it, you have to work on it and, right. and suffer a little bit to get to where you ultimately want to be. Apologies for all the background noise. You know, That's okay. Live radio is, is what it is. <laughs> um, I I I love watching Yami run. I I alluded to him earlier and sort of what I think is his role is in this. I know he got kind of frustrated at one point. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. I think, and you talked about preferring to play on the flanks. I think I'd like to see Yami run demand the ball a little more. Yeah, there, there was know? a moment tonight where I think it was Lorenowitz. I could be wrong. Hit a long diagonal pass and ended up going out of bounds. And you could hear Almiron turn and scream at yeah. Lorena and was giving the arms down signal that means give, give me the ball. ball. Yeah. Um, and I've nice never guy. seen him do that before. Yeah. I've seen him get mad at other players on the other team, but I've never seen him turn and yell at somebody on his own team. He, he's a great guy. I got to talk to him a little bit at the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly has enormous potential in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you know, the fact, if he's now showing that he wants the ball a little more, that's a good sign because I think good things lie in that direction. Right. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Southern Fried Soccer with Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Jonathan, tell everybody again where they can find you on social media. Uh, well, they can find me at the Reading Terminal Market here, which has lots of northern fried food. Um, <laughs> let's see. My Twitter handle is at the goalkeeper. And, uh, you know, it's always good to see you. You and I have, have crossed paths a number of times over yep. the years. I'm sure we will again. And, and next time next time you're in town, I'll, I'll take you over to the Palestra and that would be show fun. you one of the, what is one of the great basketball arenas. I would love to see the Palestra. I was hitting all the, the typical tourist highlights today, which is why I didn't get there. But you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. You can follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And I beg you to subscribe to Southern Fried Soccer on iTunes and Stitch. Have a good one. Atlanta United ties Philadelphia 2-2. Two two. Their next game is September 10th against Dallas and their first at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mm-hmm.